You are listening to Word Up, a place where we share our stories because who we are matters. Welcome back to the second part of our interview with author of From the Ashes, Jesse Thistle. I am joined by teacher Brady Power and his student Abigail Anderson from Timmins High as we talk more about what it means when we say all my relations and how we can use this worldview to reframe our experiences with the pandemic this year. And as always, we will let student voice lead the conversation and have Abby get this conversation started. Um, When you look back on your life now, do you look at it as a valuable learning experience or do you look at it as a journey filled with regret? No, I I look at my life as like a a valuable learning experience. Um, One that, you know, I would have much rather been in the NHL or something like, but like given the path that was put before me, that's what I had to walk. When I got my traditional name about three years ago, I wanted like Majestic Eagle or like Courageous Bear, or, but they gave me Strong Path. That was my name, Maskoeskina. And so it details my life because I was on a journey, kind of, I look at it like I'm walking through uh, the forest in wintertime with snowshoes on and I just had to go and collect all these lessons so that I could teach now. I remember about three years ago or four years ago, I was at my elders in Saskatchewan and I was complaining about my time on the streets because I knew that she had a similar life. I was bitching about it and, you know, all this and that complaining and she just stopped me dead. And she said, Jesse, I don't ever want to hear you talk about your elders that way again. And I was kind of confused, you know, she's like, you're bitching about addiction, you're bitching about homelessness, about hunger and all those things. But those were your real elders. I am not your elder. She's like, they were teaching you about what it is to have family, what it is to feel outside of the circle and alienated and the importance of belonging, what hunger feels like and the value of food. All these things I learned on the streets and now I teach about them. And so that flipped my whole understanding of myself where I didn't feel sorry for myself. I I thought that these were actually great gifts that I was given of wisdom that I have to carry forward. And hope is one of them too, right? I lived in a hopeless realm for many years and I know the value of hope now. And so I bring that, not selling that I sell it or anything, but I try to show by example what I lived through and hopefully other people can get that from me. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that 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 idea of of some of those trying times being your elders and being your teachers. I've never I've never heard it like that before. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. I was kind of I got kind of upset with her at first, but then it kind of trickled in and she was I it's just truth. She was right, you know. I, I know she was right. Yeah. Well, and even bringing it into the pandemic right now, um that was that's something that I've heard repeated by some of our community members just the idea that it's, it's a living thing. It's a virus. It's a living part of our world that needs to be respected and needs to be brought in to our circle as, as um, part, of, part of the whole, right? So just, yeah. a, again, that kind of mental shift of understanding responsibility and connections to everything. Yeah. Can I speak on that, actually? Because yeah. it's really, really important what you just said there. Um, we live as relatives in all my relations, the web of relations. This is creation, right? And so the animals, the sky, the water, uh, the grass, 
us, our dogs and cats. We're all relatives, creator, in the web of relations. And so COVID, too, is one of our relatives. Might be a cranky, ornery, drunk uncle at Christmas relative, <laughs> but it's a relative and it has a purpose. And maybe its greater purpose is to protect Earth because like, it's finally had a breath because we've slowed our production. You know, and I'm not saying all those deaths are justified at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that nature has a purpose. And in this, that is also a relative. So we have to frame the way that we're thinking about that. And you just reminded me about what I've heard from other indigenous uh, thinkers and knowledge keepers about COVID. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you for that. And I, I think it's good for for everybody to hear that too. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in that blame game and and that, you know, COVID's wrecking our lives. But it is important for us to, as you were just saying, to to appreciate the teachings that it is giving us. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for elaborating on that. Um, Brady, do you have another question you'd like to yeah. ask? So this is actually a question that you answered, uh, Jesse, when you met with our class, our class a few months ago. But I think because of the wider audience that the podcast will provide, uh, if you don't mind answering it again, uh, I hate to be redundant, but um, just in reading the the story, it it really would lend well to a feature film or a television series. So my question is: Have you been approached by anybody um, in order to? Uh, have it developed and adapted to the screen. Yeah, I have actually, and this is some insider information. So uh, I was, uh, my story has been out there for a while and I was approached by two producers, one uh, uh, from the national arts center and the other one worked on like the X-Men uh, movies out of Montreal. Uh, they purchased my life rights and uh, were, We've got a production team and they're hoping to do a mini series on From the Ashes. Uh, and they're, they want more of the love story at the end, right? Like people love love stories. And right. so um, we're going to do that in a mini series form, hopefully for HBO or, or Netflix. We're going the American route because the audience is just so much bigger down there. And there's actually more creative freedom down there uh, because everything's privately done. And so we're going that route. And uh, we're going the route of the miniseries because in today's age, uh, more people actually watch those miniseries than they do movies, you know? This is why we don't see a lot of, like, trailers uh, for movies anymore. It's because, like, all the money's being invested in these streaming sites like Hulu, Netflix, uh, you know, Prime, all this stuff. So that's why we're going that route. And it should be, you know, uh, it should be good. I don't know who will play me, you know, uh, but we'll see what happens. That is so exciting. Oh, my I'm, gosh. I'm very excited. Yeah. We, yeah. we will be watching. Absolutely. Yes. I, I want Ricardo Hoyas from Degrassi, the new Degrassi. Do you guys know who that is? He's actually yeah. my cousin. Okay. And I want he looks like I did when I was young. So that's the, who I want to play me. That'd be perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited about that, actually. <laughs> well, I think as the author of the novel, you should have a little bit of say in, in the casting, right? I know yeah, that's not sure. normally how it goes, but if, if they could have you definitely uh, yeah. into, uh, to be an advisor, it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, so one of my, my final questions for you um, has to do with kind of your role right now in terms of being 
um, being a voice uh, for Indigenous community. And I'm hearing from lots of people that we approach, artists, authors, just about this kind of exhaustion of having to almost educate non-Indigenous people um, and and always being tapped into um, for, for sound bites, for interviews, for conversations. So how do we, as educators, because um, there's a real movement to form authentic relationships and really uh, go to community um, and connect and, and create those relationships. So how do we uh, honor the fact that it is exhausting for you? Um, how do how do we seek that authentic knowledge without burning out Indigenous leaders and authors and artists? Wow, that's a tough, really tough question because I'm actually suffering from that right now. I've been on the road for, well, on the road, but doing interviews for 15 months because From the Ashes has been like a runaway hit. And so the work that that involves is is about education and going out and trying to bring the message, you know, of, of good relations to communities. And yeah, it gets really taxing, uh, you know, uh, but I always have to remember that I'm doing it for a purpose. Like this is not for me just to sell books. This is for me to educate people about what homelessness is, what disconnection is, what dispossession does for Indigenous peoples. And so frame your questions around those, those issues. Don't make it about the trauma. Don't make it about all the negative aspects. Look at the positive within the book. What's the book actually trying to do? What are the, what's the message that the person's trying to bring? And focus on that more. And you guys have done a wonderful job of that, actually. I've been to some interviews where they asked me, what was it like to smoke crack, you know, or be a crackhead? Like, what do you mean? It sucked. Like, that. the whole book is about yeah. that, right? Exactly. Like, if you didn't get that message, why do you need me to say that? And so focus on the positive and like how we can be better relatives. And I guess practically in your own classes, apart from having us come in and, and talk, uh, would be to get the students or even the educators to situate themselves within the land where they are. Whose land are you on? What's the treaty? What does that land acknowledgement mean? And then when you figure out who those First Nations people are, or Métis, or Inuit, then go into community and start to forge relations with them. Go to powwow, have some Indian tacos, get to know your neighbors, because that's really the problem in Canada is that we just, there's a broken relationship where we don't know and respect each other anymore. At least one side, Canada, doesn't know the other. The other side remembers you know, and they know what happened. And so we need to uh, go and make relatives again. And you can do that in the classroom. You can have elders come in and talk about the positive things, how we can build relations back. Uh, and I think if it's not focused on that, then it's it gets into like the realm of voyeurism and, and you know, it can be very, very toxic for Indigenous educators that come in and talk. And I think that's important. We're, we're doing, we're making lots of positive steps, I would say, uh, in Ontario, not just in our board, but I think you know, we're making lots of positive steps, but I'm always conscious of how how hard that must be for, for everybody else who's constantly putting themselves out there and answering the questions and engaging. So thank you, Chimigwich, for, for joining us and being a part of this with us today. Hi, yeah, thank you. 
I'd like to extend the podcast by six hours and just keep that. <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to say on behalf of Abby and I, um, and, and the, the Timmins high community who is, you know, we've had a few different classes now that, that I've taught and we featured your book. We're, we're really thankful that we get a chance to hear your story. Um, we, we really believe that it is a representation of, of everyone's story that that's struggling um, it, you know, and, and the title speaks for itself, right? I mean, you're, you're rising up from the ashes. I know it has several different meanings, but, um, it just, it just gives students, especially at that very, uh, vulnerable age to, to have some hope. We're very excited. I'm going to read the book again. I've read it already a few times, taught it twice now. So as we're, we're getting ready to sign off, um, I like to do a little thing called the fast five. So we're just going to ask you five quick questions so don't think too much about it just spit out your answers okay um so the first one's a bit wordy the next ones are really quick so i read that uh courtesy of oprah you make a gratitude list every day can you share with us who's on your gratitude list today my gratitude list my cat poppy i'm a a proud cat dad i love her (laughs) She's my mental health worker too. I'm I'm uh, thankful for Lucy and everything that she does in my life. She's my bedrock, my foundation. I'm happy to have four walls around my my me at all time. Like I have a home. I'm happy to have a job, and I'm happy to do these kind of talks and share my life and, and make it all that negative into something positive. And so I, I, I that's my list for today. Perfect. Um, We learned uh, recently as a school board, we had another speaker talk to us about the importance of carbs when you're feeling stressed, that carbs are actually really important. So what is your favorite comfort food? Chips. I'm a chip guy. Oh my God. And I love uh, the Cheetos hot Cheetos. So I had a bag of those last night. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, What are you watching on TV right now? The Crown. I'm a big The Crown because it's very controversial and I know the history and I know that they've just played with history, maybe to cause a controversy, but it's it's good. I remember Princess Diana and all that stuff. So, Absolutely. Who are you listening to right now? So podcast, music, anything. Who are you listening to? Uh, the music that I listen to, uh, hmm, that's a good one. Uh, I don't know. I can't right off the top of my head podcast that I listen to is Métis in Space. Uh, that's uh, Chelsea Vowell, and uh, they're great. And, and they just uh, got maybe, a huge piece of land, right? They did, out in uh, uh, Lac saint Anne. I'm surprised that you know that. That's like insider Métis stuff. <laughs> I love it. Are, are you Métis? No, no? <laughs> but I read about it. I read, I, um, earlier this week, I read about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, and last one, who is somebody you would recommend that we follow on Twitter? Someone that I would you recommend you follow or Instagram, sorry, or Instagram Tat, yeah. Tantu Cardinal, very positive role model, strong, powerful Indigenous woman, uh, or uh, probably Tanya Talaga. She's uh, very informative and she's neither left nor right. She just tells you the news how it is from Indigenous country, and uh, so follow her. And she actually just started up a, a podcast as well called Seven. That's right. That's the, I haven't heard it yet. So I wasn't going to say that, but I, that was on my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't I'm going to go to listen it to it. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for your honesty and generosity with us today and in, in answering our questions. And thank I you. really appreciate it. Thank you very much. As do we. Thank you, yes. Jesse. If you have some time over the holidays, I hope you can grab a copy of Jesse's book, From the Ashes, and engage more with his incredible story. This will be the last episode of 2020. And as we prepare for the upcoming break, I want to remind you all that December 21st is our winter solstice, the day with the shortest amount of daylight in the Northern Hemisphere. For Indigenous communities, this day holds special significance as it marks the change in daylight hours, the strengthening of the sun, and the return of light after the darkest day. It is a time to give thanks for the gifts from the previous year and to set intentions for the upcoming year. It is about celebrating light, the outdoors, and our relationship with the land. And after all the challenges that 2020 has thrown our way, it is my wish for you that this break brings that sense of renewal and hope of good things to come and promise for the new year. Let truth be key to freedom and bind you to the path that holds the light.